Alrighty guys, you guys are now tuned into another episode of the Littest Podcast on Earth. Zay TV presents The Ratchet Hour. And today we're going to talk about a lot of things. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I know it's been a while since I did my last show. And yes, that is because of Coronisha. But she ain't going to stop shit here, okay? Lately I just haven't been feeling up to do my show. I've been feeling a little lazy, a little too relaxed. But today I'm feeling good, fresh face, fresh out the shower, and I'm ready to get into a lot of things. If you guys have never listened to the show before, we talk about hip-hop, we talk about reality TV, and we just talk about everything that's going on in pop culture, hip-hop culture, and black culture. So today we got a lot of stuff to talk about. For you guys who've been loyal and been listening since episode one, we are now at 27. I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to my podcast. Thank you for supporting me and showing me love. And if you guys have anything that you want to send to me, whether it's topics, whether it's songs, whether it's music, make sure you guys send it to me on Instagram at underscore Rashamel. That's underscore R-A-S-H-A-M-E-L. You guys can find me on Facebook at Alize Rashamel and anywhere just search Alize and I should pop up. But yes, we're going to get into a lot of things because it's been almost two weeks since I did the last show. So it's been like a lot of stuff going on. And usually we start off with a weekend review of basically how my weekend went and stuff like that. Um, it's really nothing to talk about, as I said last show, because there's no such thing as the weekend. It's only today, tomorrow, and yesterday. So basically every day is the same day now that we are in quarantine and we just going to move on to our next segment of the show which is this week in music but anyway we're gonna get into our first segment of the day which is weekend music which is basically where we talk about all the new music that's out and all the stuff that's going on in rap hip-hop r&b or whatever it is that we decide to talk about today um i want to start off with saying shout out to future for earning his seventh number one album with his newest project um, I didn't get the chance to listen to it yet, but shout out to Future for being consistent in what he does. But I want to get on, move on to our next topic and say shout out to Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion for the Savage Remix finally hitting number one last week. Last time we did the show, it was Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj say so number one, and Savage and Savage Remix was number two, and now the roles are reversed. Savage Remix is number one, and Say So Remix is now number two, and I feel like that's has a lot to do on a lot to do with things that have been going on with Doja Cat and all the stuff that came out about her but I also feel like it has a lot to do with Megan really putting in that work and really grinding hard and showing her talent and I just want to say congratulations to Megan shout outs to Megan and Beyonce for getting the number one record I believe this is now Beyonce's seventh or eighth number one record and this is Megan's first number one she's definitely been grinding and doing what she has to do in the last two years she did say however when she get her number one record or whatever that she was going to put out the cash shit video which was her song with the baby that we play here a lot in the backtracks um so megan we want to see you own up to that and give us the cash shit remix the cash shit video with the baby um we are now gonna move on to six nine gooba is now certified golden cell so shout out to six nine and his record um, a lot of people thought that when 6ix9ine came out that he wasn't going to do the same numbers that he's doing or that he's been doing. They didn't think that 6ix9ine was going to get another number one or really do good at numbers. But shout out to 6ix9ine because Gooba is now certified gold. And I knew it was going to happen because at the end of the day, people 
that are in the hood setting, the gang setting, those type of environments, don't really buy music no more. Like, the people that buy music are white kids in suburban areas. They, um, they're like, Spanish people do support other Spanish artists. I could say that definitely because that's the reason why Latinx music has become so big. But suburban people don't live that lifestyle of gang culture so they don't really know the effects of snitching or how big snitching on somebody is or how wrong it is so basically they um they have no clue to what's going on so they're still going to support 6ix9ine they're still going to buy his music he's still one of the biggest artists to them so shout out to 6ix9ine and Gooba for being certified gold um next we have Jacob Lattimore scores his first number one spot on the R&B charts with his new album and I, I heard some of the songs on the album. I feel like it's really good. I really like the song Can't Win For Losing. Um, that's the one off the album. Like You know how every album has the best song. That's, um, in my opinion, the best song on the album. Uh, we're also going to move on to... We're going to now move on to another R&B artist, which is Tiana Taylor. She's um, recently put out two new, visual, two new songs with two new visuals. She's put out her first song. It's called Bear With Me. Which is um, a sultry R&B track, and the video is really inspired heavily by Michael Jackson. She has the trench coats, she has the um, dance moves, and she also put out another song called "You Made It," which is just a shout out to the 2020 graduates. She has a lot of the 2020 graduates in the videos. Um, she's showing love to a lot of people who couldn't go to their graduation ceremony due to coronavirus. So I just want to say shout outs to Tiana Taylor for. Showing love to the graduates and stuff like that. So, shout out to Tiana. We're going to move on. And yeah, that's all we have for you this week in the weekend music. Alright, so we're going to move on to our next segment of the show, which is one of my favorite segments, which is called Beef in the Streets, where we just dissect two beefs going on between two people. It could be artists, social media influencers, anybody in the game. And <clears throat> the beef that we're going to talk about today is between Rico Nasty and Koi LeRae. If you guys don't know, Rico Nasty is a female rapper. She's like a rock star. And Koi LeRae is, um, she's like a Tiana Taylor type artist. She's, um, fun fact, she's Benzino from Love & Hip Hop's daughter. I didn't know that about her. I knew that she was friends with Bad Baby and she used to date Trippy Red. Uh, Koi... Koi and Rico share a stylist. That's they that's their similar link between each other. And allegedly what happened was the stylist had went back and told Koi something. And the stylist had also went back and told Rico something. Which made the two ladies start arguing and going back and forth on Twitter. And I'm going to read to you some of the stuff that was said between the two ladies. So, Koi added Rico Nasty and said, Never said anything bad about you. But after I realized you unfollowed me. And don't even know me. I realize it's because bitch, you just mad. Stay mad, ho. Rico Nasty then tweeted, "Make better music. Let me see your streams on YouTube. Let me see your views. Have you went gold or platinum? Therefore, you are famous because you suck a mean dick with them big ass teeth. Don't come over here making this about you and about me. I was minding my business, trying to get shit right with my friend, which is the stylist that I believe that she was referring to when she said my friend." So then Koi then replied to Rico Nasty saying, only been signed for a year, a year and a half, and I've been on every festival stage that you've been on with no album out. Your friend, dot, 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 
just as much as you know, I know too, baby. It's all love. Then Koi then went on to say, LOL, bitch, you've been out for five years plus. Sheesh. Rico then said, LMAO, five years plus, bitch. Bitch, my son not even five yet. Cut the shit. Four years, baby girl. Sold out all of my tours overseas and in the US. And then Rico said after that, what have you done? What have you sold out, baby, by yourself? Ain't you from New York? Every time I go out there, I sell out a show. I'm not doing this with you no more. Koi then replied, when you see me, just make sure you keep that same energy. I showed you nothing but love. And I, you can't deal with the fact that I make better music than you. I look better than you, dress better than you, and better than you. And never in my life have I jocked your style. Then Rico replied, I haven't laughed this hard since I don't know. I could hear your lips through your... Through this um through these messages shut up with your dick eating self so basically the ladies were just going at each other going back and forth and rico it's coin started this up but rico finished this it's just a big game of he say she say and it's obviously the person in between it is the stylist or whatever because the ladies are arguing about who stole whose flow who stole whose style and i feel like this all could have been avoided if the stylist wasn't being messy or the friend that they have, the mutual friend wasn't being messy. Um, if I'm going to give anybody the W in this beef, I'm definitely going to give it to Rico Nasty because if you can see the tweets, because there's more tweets and I'm sure that they're still up, Rico really dragged her and really went in on her. Um, yeah, and she, she, she dragged her. She let her know that you... She basically kept telling her that you only here because... You had sex with Trippy Red and you sucked Trippy Trippy Red's dick. And to be fair, that is that is kind of true. Like we didn't know that she was Benzino's daughter. It seemed like they had a strange relationship before she was famous. Um, and she really got on from Trippy Red's success because Trippy Red is one of the bigger, newer artists that are out, that is out right now in current times. So Rico did have a point. And I didn't really know who Corey LeRae was. Like, I never heard her music before. I never heard... I never seen her before the video where Bad Baby had to apologize for the things that she said about black people. Um, but Rico Nasty, I've been heard about Rico Nasty. She's been doing her thing for a while. Um, she's really popular in New York. And shout out to Rico Nasty. I'm just going to give her the W in this beef. And we're going to move on from this. Yeah. Alright guys, we're going to move on to my favorite segment of the show, which is Reality Bites, where we sit down and we break down everything that's going on in reality shows, and we just let you know what's going on, who's doing what, who's saying what, and we're going to get into the gig of the thing. So, we're going to start off this week talking about The Real Housewives of Atlanta Reunion Part 3, which is the finale of this season, and this season has been going on forever this season has been airing for a year guys so we are basically rehashing reliving drama from almost two years ago because you know it's a production year and then it's the year that they put the episodes out because it come on once a week every sunday so <clears throat> if you guys didn't know in part two of the um reunion nini had left closed her laptop and she had never came back for part three so, basically, we found out that Nini had left the reunion because Yavanna has came and she has took center stage and they were going to air out the whole snake gate thing. So, when Yavanna gets there, it's clear that Yav Nini has left because Yavanna is there and she's going to talk about what happened in the whole snake gate thing. So, if you don't know what snake gate is, snake gate is basically 
Nene had told the whole cast that Cynthia was talking about her and one of the girls had recorded it and they have proof that Cynthia's been dogging Nene out and they have this recording that they're going to share with everybody and throughout the whole season the recording was never revealed it was never played we never got to see anything or hear anything Cynthia allegedly said about Nene so Yavana was the alleged person who had recorded Cynthia and had this audio of Cynthia but Yavana was here to just basically clear her name, clear the air, as she would say, about all of the accusation that were being made against her. So basically, they saying they everybody saying that Nini left because she found out Yavana was coming because Yavana posted a video ten minutes before she came on the Zoom chat or whatever you want to call this year's reunion. So Yavana basically spilled the beans on how Nini put her up to recording all the girls and trying to. See what all the girls were saying about her. So basically, Yavana was like a snitch, like a spy type person that was just going to get all the information and just bring it back to Nini so she could justify her always turning on these ladies, going in on them, and being shady. Um, Yavana did just that. She told everybody that this was all Nini's idea and Nini put her up to it. And Nini tried to send her a cease and desist to not talk about things that was going on. And the ladies was just confused. They didn't know what to believe uh, at, at this point because they've been dealing with this for a year. But to be honest, I really do believe Yavana. I do believe that she held on quiet because she wanted to be loyal to her friend. But I definitely feel like her being loyal to Nini has bit her in the ass and has just made her look more messier than what she really is. I do feel like Nini is guilty because why not fight for yourself? Why not stand up for yourself and say, this is not true, this is true? And then two, why send her a cease and desist letter to not even be able to really say what happened? And Yavana did spill some beans about how Nini um, also was ready to like get Portia too. And she told Portia, you're playing for the wrong team and stuff like that. And I do feel like Nini was out to get Portia as well. Like, honestly... Kenya Moore gets a lot of flack for stuff like that, but I do feel like Nini is the the snake of the group. I feel like she will, if you are beneath her and you serve a purpose to her, she's gonna be nice to you. But if she sees you as a threat, she's gonna eliminate you from it. She's gonna try to do um, interviews saying you need to lose your job, like she's doing to Eva and Cynthia now. I feel like she wants the show to be stacked in her favor like that one season when it was everybody against Kim she was friends with Kenya she was friends with Candy so it was never no problem with them she was friends with Cynthia so she never really wanted them to leave the show then but it's like now that you're not in a good space with everybody this one needs to leave that one needs to leave I'm just so tired of Nene and I do feel like they need to recast the show and almost get rid of Nene I feel like Kenya can stay Portia can stay because they are now the ones who are carrying the show I don't really care for Candy, but Candy could stay. Cynthia could stay too. Um, Eva, she could stay or she could go. I don't really care. Um, after Cynthia get married, I do feel like she could go too. I feel like they need to put younger girls on here or either put some of the Married to Medicine girls on here. Like I wouldn't mind seeing Mariah mix it up. Mariah Huck from Married to Medicine mix it up with the Atlanta girls. Um... Yeah, and that was it for Yavana. She just came on to her piece. It didn't really go well for her. It was kind of like a 50-50 reaction. You had, like, Candy and Portia not really feeling her, but you had um, Cynthia, Eva, and Kenya feeling what she was saying. The rest of the reunion was just talking about, um, basically, Kenya's and Nini's big blow-up and the whole Spitgate thing. They also talked about Kenya and Cynthia's friendship and whether um, Kenya's a good friend to um, Cynthia. 
and I do feel like she's a good friend, but I feel like it's a reality show. They're going to show the moments when you're not being a good friend. They're going to show the drama moments. They're going to show the things to make you mad and to be extra. And I definitely feel like Kenya provides some of the moments. And I do feel like she's a shady friend, but I don't feel like she's a bad friend. If in a reality TV show, they're going to show once you've been typecasted as the villain or the angel, they're only going to show that side of you. They're not going to show your other side because there's two sides to every person. Every person is not just a full victim and everybody is not just a full victim, villain. They're going to just, if you've been given that, that's what they're going to show of you. Like if you've been, if the show knows you to be an asshole and a villain, that's all they're going to portray of you. They're not going to show your good moments. Every show, every movie, every story needs a protagonist and an antagonist. And King is just the antagonist of the show. So, I feel like that's what that was. I don't like how people are just getting mad at Cynthia for, like, forgiving her friend. Because we don't really see everything that goes down with them. And, yeah, that's it. For That really was the meat and the potatoes of the um, part three of the reunion. It was definitely boring. It was really lackluster. And I don't feel like it was boring because Nene left. I just feel like they talked about everything already in the part one and part two. What I do feel like is I feel that they should have only had a two-part reunion. And I feel like they should have talked about Snake Gate first. And I feel like Yavanna should have never did the little clear-to-air video where she was going to, you know, pop up, say what she was going to say and stuff like that. But... It is what it is, and everything happened for a reason. Um, and yeah, that's it for season 12 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I wish nothing but the best for all the ladies and all the cast members in these strenuous times, okay? We now going to move on to our next show that we're going to talk about, which is Growing Up Hip Hop LA, which is, if you guys have never seen the show, it's a show about the kids of hip-hop legacies they have um runs dmc's kids on there angela jojo vanessa they have little romeo on there which is master p's son they have damon dash son boogie and his daughter ava they have easy e son easy jr eric they have little twisters on there and mary j blige's stepdaughter brianna latrice is also on there who i love i love her on the show her energy is just so real so genuine um Let's get started. So basically, I wanted to talk about something that happened on the last show today. So, Damon Dash was arrested for failing to pay child support on his other children that he had prior to the women that he's with now. And he had to show up to court in New York. He got arrested and stuff like this and all of that. Um, After he was arrested, he, had, he was in jail for probably about an hour, maybe two. He had came out of the um, court and during the last week's episode, this is not the most recent episode, this is the episode before, he was just like, yeah, um, I'm, they trying to hold a brother down, and he was talking all this pro-black stuff, and he was just not making sense, he was just like, they trying to lock up a successful black man and stuff like that, and I just want to say this, stop trying to make your situation fit in with what's going on in the world stop trying to make yourself more important than what you really are and you are not in jail because they are trying to take down a black man you are in jail because you are not paying child support to these black women that you have made children with dame dash stop trying to weaponize the black lives matter 
movement to fit your situation because there's people out here really dying really going through stuff really being put in jail for no reason then personally it really bothered me when he was just trying to play this oh i'm a black man they trying to do this um and black people we got to stick together it just really something didn't just sit right with me with him saying all of this while he was walking out with his white woman holding her hand like after you just cursed your black son out and you just gonna walk out the building holding your white girlfriend's hand talk about some black lives matter like no it doesn't work for you it doesn't apply to you and it just doesn't fit you because what have you done for black people what have you done for the movement to think that you could use it and weaponize it that really just bothered me and i just had to speak on that because it just suddenly didn't sit sit right with me it didn't sit well with me after he did that and i was just looking at him like really really bitch like this is what you about to do um we're gonna move on to this week's episode that came on sam and egypt's relationship is a big topic of the show everybody just doesn't like it and it's basically seemed like it's one of the main plot points of the show if you don't know egypt is um pepper from salt and pepper's daughter and she's dating this guy sam who is not famous or doesn't come from a lineage which is okay but a lot of people are feeling like he's targeting egypt because she's younger than him and that he's trying to basically come up off of Egypt. Now, based off what we do see on the show, I do believe that he's using Egypt and he's kind of manipulating her because he's forcing her to fight people. He's forcing her to not hang around her family. He's isolating her. He's putting things in her head about other people. Um, he calls her his Harley Quinn. He's the Joker. And he used that same name with his um, baby mother. He also has... I think two kids, maybe four. I know it's an even number. And then um, Egypt doesn't have none. She's very young. Um, he always is trying to steal the spotlight from her. Every time we used to see her perform, it used to be her. But now it's always him and her. He's always taking a lot of her time. And I definitely feel like Sam seemed to come up in Egypt. I don't know if he... He may really actually love her. But I feel like... He loves the fame. He loves the attention of being around a Peppa's family, being around a Tretch, being around Egypt, and even being on the show. Because who was he before the show? He was sleeping in his car. He was a regular person. Um, however, I do feel like Egypt is being naive, and she's in love. This may be her first love, her real first relationship. And she wants to prove that she's an adult and that she's doing this. So my personal feelings, I don't really care for the relationship. I did like Egypt. Part of the reason I started watching the show was because of um, Tahira, which is um, Egypt's cousin, Egypt and Peppa. I did like that relationship there, that bond. They were really interesting and fun. But I do feel like Egypt has changed for the negative, um, for the worst, and not for the better. So, I just, I don't like the relationship um, to me, or what's perceived of the relationship, of what we see. Um... Next, we have on that same episode that I'm talking about now, they had Egypt and Brianna, who is um, Mary J. Blige's stepdaughter. They were talking, having a conversation, and Egypt was being very aggressive. And that's not the Egypt that we know from the show. And she was basically talking about how she felt like Bri Brianna ruined her engagement party. But if she didn't really get to see that, Sam was the one that was poking the bear, starting with Brianna and instigating that incident. So, basically, Brianna was just, like, trying to tell her this is not the time or place for us to be talking about this right now. Because they was at Little Twist's birthday party. And, basically, Egypt was, like, being aggressive, standing up, acting like she wanted to fight. She came in. She didn't even come in pajamas to a pajama party. She came in some sweats, 
ready to fight. Um, Brianna then was being peaceful, but then she decided, look, I'm not going to let nobody buck up at me. You're not about to knock and buck over here. So, Brianna got pissed. Egypt got pissed. Um, Egypt then goes on to sneak and sucker punch Brianna twice. So they said, I, I feel like it was only one punch, but nonetheless, she punched Brianna. And Brianna wasn't given fighting energy. She wasn't given, I'm going to attack Egypt. So I just feel like Egypt allowed Sam to put the battery in his back and allowed how he feel about Brianna to go on to Egypt. And it was just a whack move. It was just... It was just like he was more excited that the girls was at fight were fighting than the girls were excited. I definitely feel like it was a lot of bitch assness going on, and I feel like the men in the show should have definitely checked Sam. I feel like Little Twist did, but I feel like the other guys that were there should have checked him, like JoJo, Eric, um, Boogie. They should have checked Sam because there's a lot of stuff that I don't like that's going on with Sam, and I feel like he's attacking a lot of the women, and it's just not cool. It's not a cool thing to see. Um, next we have the big beef of the show currently right now that's going on is it's basically the Simmons versus, um, Romeo and Master P. Basically, this all started because Angela and Romeo have feelings for each other. Romeo feels like he doesn't like the way that Angela's moving in these streets. He's, um, he's saying that he texts Angela Bible quotes and stuff like that. She doesn't respond to him. And now... He, it's like he told Vanessa about his problem with Angela. Vanessa told JoJo. And now it's just like a whole big unnecessary drama that Romeo has pulled Vanessa and JoJo into. And now it's like Romeo is ignoring them. He's unfollowed them. He doesn't want to really be around them no more. He doesn't want to be Angela's friend no more or JoJo's friend. And it just looks crazy. It feels crazy. And it's the big beef of the show, which is leading on to this whole sit down that Romeo wants to have with the entire cast about basically his problems he has with each and every one of them. Next, we have Romeo and Master P are pissed off at production. So, in the episode before this one, it was um, Romeo and Master P were shooting a scene in the studio. And they brought up the whole Angela thing. Production may have brought it up. And Master P, he flipped out. He got mad. He said that we're not doing the show. We, um... We're not talking about this. We gave y'all what y'all got. And y'all gonna have to just edit and deal with that. So, a part of the reason why Master P and Romeo's mad because they feel like they're not being portrayed in the best light. Um, Romeo is mad at... Master P is mad at the fact that Little Twist keep making jokes of the um, Romeo's ICDC college. If you guys don't remember ICDC, it was like a whole commercial of this online college you could go to and get a degree and stuff like that. Master P is just feeling like... They're disrespecting him. They're disrespecting Romeo. And I just feel like Romeo is a grown man. He could speak for himself. He doesn't need his dad. But I feel like Master P is so, like, uh, self-absorbed and so into himself that he just thinks that by them saying this about Romeo is affecting him as well. And he just, he's being Romeo's mouthpiece. He's being rude. He's being disrespectful. Like, I didn't like, for example, when they did the sit-down, how... He was telling um, Boogie he ain't like this. And he told JoJo that JoJo's being a pretend gangster for TV. And oftentimes when this is going on, we don't see Romeo actually talking. We see Master P talking for Romeo. And I just feel like it's kind of corny and it's kind of whack. I feel like, Romeo, you are grown. You can speak for yourself. You don't need your daddy fighting your battles. And 
I feel like the whole ICDC thing, it's a joke. Everybody jokes about ICDC. Like, we, you did it for a bag. You got your bag. There's no reason why you should be trying to, like, make this a bigger storyline than it was. Because it wasn't like it was overly, repeatedly said. Twist may have said it one time at the pool party. And that was that. But overall, guys, this show is a good show. It's a lot going on. You should definitely watch it or binge watch it. Start from the beginning because it was a lot going on. One of my favorite characters from the show is Brianna Latrice, which is Mary J. Blige's stepdaughter because she brings the drama. She's funny. She's very sarcastic. Um, I enjoy Little Twist on the show. He came on last season. And I I really do like um, Pe- Pepper's, step- um Pepper's niece, Tahira. She's definitely beautiful messy she's everything that you want from a reality star and if you guys haven't seen it make sure you go guys go check it out it comes on we tv i believe and yeah growing up hip-hop la so basically there's going to be a lack of reality tv shows due to coronavirus or covid19 whatever you want to call this shit it's not going to be a lot of reality tv shows out so we're not going to be able to review a lot of stuff i know that they're coming out with the um marriage boot camp hip-hop edition the version that was scrapped before they're going to air it now but there won't be a lot of reality tv shows for a little minute maybe a couple of months there won't be a reality tv shows because everything was closed for so long so production had to stop but being that atlanta is open now and a lot of the states are reopening maybe we will get some shows in a month or two because a lot of shows film out there in atlanta and places like that so just be on the lookout, guys. Be patient. There are going to be shows coming. I guess they're trying to find safety precautions and this and that. But, yes, that is it for Reality Bites. And see you next time. We're going to get on to our next segment of the show, which is one of my favorite segments, which is called You Won't Believe This, which is basically where we talk about rapid-fire topics that's going on in hip-hop, that's going on in the world, and we just get into everything, guys. Strangely, this week, a lot of the topics um, kind of relate to each other. A lot of the topics are about blackness and lack thereof or people trying to discriminate against black people and stuff like that. So we're going to start off this week talking about one of the bigger stories that came out this week, which is the whole hashtag Doja Cat is over party. OK, if you guys don't know. I like Doja Cat. I love Doja Cat. I've been listening to her music, rocking with her for a while. A lot of her tracks do play on the background of um, a lot of my podcasts, a lot of my videos that I make. But let me break down the story for you guys. So all hell broke loose when fans have found old videos of Doja Cat in this whole little tiny chat group, which is like basically like a group you could go on. You talk to other people and socialize and stuff like that. So the group was filled with a lot of white incels, which are racist white men who just believe that white people are superior to other races and stuff like that. So, in the video, she was seen saying racist slurs like Dindu, um, the N-word with the um, E-R, not the A, but either way, doesn't matter because the N-word is the N-word. Um, she was seen being racist towards black people, being racist towards Arabic people as well, and she was even seen on the chat like sexualizing herself, playing with her body, putting her body in weird positions. Allegedly, some people were saying that they seen her playing with her vagina and stuff like that. Um, fans then went on to do a little more digging. Fans or 
internet trolls, whatever you want to call them, they went on to doing a little more digging, and they found her an old song of hers where she was using a derogatory term towards black people when being arrested by the cops. The term was called dindle, which refers to the Sandra Bland incident and a lot of black people who are arrested, and you hear um, certain black people say, oh, she didn't do nothing, or he didn't do nothing. So dindle is a word that like white racist people use that most people wouldn't know because I didn't even know what the hell it was. Um, and she had a whole song using the word. Um, it was kind of weird. Um, then fans also have found tweets and social media posts of her being hateful towards black people, saying things like Arabic, this Arabic man at the gas station should go back to his home and blow something up. Um, she was even calling people faggots in 2015, 2016, 2017 as recent. And she's even posted hateful comments towards her own blackness and her, um, for example, and it was a video of her talking about how she hates having her hair texture. She wished that she didn't have her hair texture and how anyone who is black wants to, wishes they could be white and why would anybody want to be black? Stuff like that. And yeah, so basically it was a lot of this stuff going on about Doja Cat and a lot of people were saying, oh, we should cancel Doja Cat and things like that. And I definitely agree with um, Doja Cat being canceled because I feel like it's just too much going on. And I feel like you you aren't apologizing about this. And this isn't you in the past. This is you currently. This is currently how you feel because she was in these chats up to almost two weeks ago. So she was already famous two weeks ago. These are her real feelings. So then Doja Cat went on to put up a... a PR stunt apology where it basically was a dry version of her saying that she apologized to her supporters and a lot of the language in the um, the written apology kept saying to my supporters so people wasn't buying that whole written apology they wanted to see her face and I was one of those people I feel like if you disrespect the people and you were showing your face your apology should be the same way you should show your face you should say why you are sorry and why you feel this way um and Basically, after the, um, that apology, she went on to do a video apology where she was showing her face. And she wasn't really apologetic in the video. She was explaining things away. She wasn't really showing remorse or being apologetic. Um, so, what my feelings on the situation is, a lot of people are trying to not really address it. For example, the shade room, the neighborhood talk, they haven't really posted it. They never posted when it was going on. They only posted her apologies. I did like Doja Cat, but I do feel like there's a lot of self-hate going on. I do feel like she's a racist because she doesn't... A lot of people are saying, oh, she can't be racist because she's biracial. She never met her black side. She grew up around white people. Her boyfriend is white. Her mama's white. She grew up around white people. Her dad is South African, but she never met him. He lives in South Africa. He's been contacting her. She never even... She's not reaching out back to him because she doesn't want to meet him. Um... I feel like it's a lot of racist stuff going on because she doesn't feel like she's black in her mind. She hasn't really addressed her blackness until recent times. I definitely feel like she hates she it's a form of self-hate that she has going on with herself for by the way she talked about her hair. She doesn't date black men. And I feel like a lot of people are giving her passes because she is racially ambiguous and they they don't wanna they wanna protect her because she is racially ambiguous. I feel like even with her not dating black men, you can have a preference of what you like and what you want to date. But if none of your ex, I feel like 
it's just a big coincidence none of her exes are black. None of them. Like, I feel like that's a form of self-hate. Like, me as a black person, I do date outside my race. I don't date white, but I will date other minorities. But I do, I would date somebody black. Like, all of my exes are not just one thing. All of my exes are not just white. I'm Spanish. My ex, I dated black before. I talked to black people before. So, I feel like that's definitely a one strike with her. I don't feel like she's remorseful about the situation because I feel like she would have kept being in these tiny chat groups if she wasn't exposed. Um, I definitely had to um, undownload a lot of her music because I don't feel like we should support her anymore as black people because there are other black artists we could support. There's other black females that we could support. And I don't respect her for what she done, but I also don't respect her for apologizing and trying to pander to people because it's clear that you really feel that way. It's clear that you really don't like black people. It's clear that you really you identify more with your white half and that's fine. But it's not fine to degrade another race or disrespect another race. And I do feel like Doja Cat needs to be over. She needs to be canceled. And I feel like she needs to go find help to learn how to love herself because apparently she doesn't love herself and you don't because blackness is a big part of you when you're a biracial person or whatever but I don't have time for that I don't have time for this whole biracial argument and stuff like that I do feel like Doja Cat is over in my eyes I won't be rocking with Doja Cat no more like I used to rock with Doja Cat and I feel like as black people, Arabic people, and even the LGBT community, you got to stand up for yourself when somebody's discriminating against you, no matter how popular they are. Like, you can't just let people violate who you are as a person because their music is good. There's other people out there who could rap how she rap, that could do what she do, that's not a racist. So, I definitely feel like Doja Cat needs some help, and I feel like she is done. And that's... I honestly feel like this is a part of the reason why her song didn't get number one again. Because people did stop streaming her because this came out. And I feel like people are always trying to protect people because they are light-skinned or racially ambiguous. That they feel like, oh, she can't be this person. Or it's been seen that, like, it's been put out there that light-skinned people are just more marketable and friendlier. No, they can be hateful too. And I just feel like I'm over Doja Cat. I'm done with Doja Cat. And... I don't know. I can't see myself listening. I don't even listen to Say So Remix. Everybody know I love Nicki Minaj. I haven't listened to Say So Remix in a while. But yes, I'm I'm over Doja Cat. We're going to move on to the next topic because I could talk about this all day. Um, Azalea Banks is back at it again. She took to her Instagram to address how the shade room and blogs weren't posting enough about the Doja Cat issue and the racist statements that Doja Cat had made. She made the point about how people like Ebro has defended Doja Cat and where was this energy with her? And I do agree with that. I feel like people have canceled Azalea Banks for less. Um, where was this energy with her? And how basically black media doesn't defend dark-skinned women and black women. And I agree with that. How they defend light-skinned women. She even then went on to attack Nicki Minaj. And challenge the fact that Nicki Minaj didn't speak up about Doja Cat in her racist ways. Like she did about Cardi B. And I also agree with that. Um, but in true Azalea fashion, the mushrooms she smoked, the crack or the pills, whatever she is on, got into her brain and she started talking about and ranting about how she had sex with Dave Chappelle and how the sex, and she exposed how the sex was bomb and that was some good black, strong black dick or whatever. And 
stuff like that. So this is how I feel. I really kind of agree with um, Azalea Banks for the first time in a long time. I feel like the media does protect lighter-skinned black women and doesn't have that same energy for darker-skinned women. I feel like if a darker-skinned woman does something, she's automatically, oh, let's burn her at the stake. Let's let's um, throw rocks at her. She's done here. And I feel like they aren't keeping that same energy around the board. I feel like people want to protect Doja Cat for some reason. But what she did lose me was the whole Dave Chappelle rant talking about how she had sex with Dave Chappelle and all of this. Do I believe it? Yes. Because Azalea Banks, although she is cuckoo for Cocoa Pups, she is an attractive woman. She is a beautiful woman. She does go in a lot of those spaces where these A-listers are because they still play her music. Like, her music get played at these runways in Paris and everywhere. And she is a talented girl. She is a beautiful girl. I just wish she could get her mind together. It's seeming like she's getting it together. So, shout out to Azalea Banks for making some sense. And this is just a weird time that we're in right now where Azalea Banks is making a lot of sense. This is definitely Armageddon that we're living in right now. Yes. We're going to move on to our next topic, which is Jimmy Fallon apologizes for wearing blackface in 2001 on national on a national television syndicated show. I just have to put that in so y'all can see how big this is, which is SNL while he was impersonating Chris Rock. Now, when it comes to this whole blackface issue and these big celebrities, I just want to say stop doing it. You know that is wrong. You know that it's going to get backlash. And now I'm starting to feel like y'all doing this on purpose to get attention from the black community, to get attention from media in general. I feel like you can impersonate somebody without putting on blackface and black skin. Blackface comes from a long history of white people mocking African-American people and Showing, trying to prove African American people, showing African American people in a bad light, trying to represent us as animals. It's a lot of hurt behind blackface. I feel like as a comedian, as a somebody that's an A-lister, you could have, you could have impersonated him without the blackface. Blackface is a choice. You are now choosing to disrespect black people, and I can't fuck with that. So, in my eyes, in my opinion, Jimmy Fallon, he's canceled as well. I don't even fucking watch a late night show like that unless it's somebody that I really like is performing. Um, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people saying, let it go, it's in 2001, we love Jimmy, fuck Jimmy, just like we could cancel Doja Cat, we could cancel Jimmy Fallon ass too, and have somebody else on a late night show, he doesn't really put a lot to the culture, all he does is interview people, we could get somebody else to do that shit, um, yeah, so right now, it's really giving fuck Jimmy Fallon, I don't care if it was 2001, I just feel like white people need to stop doing blackface, period, like, it shouldn't be allowed to do blackface. And even if you impersonate somebody, it's a Halloween costume and stuff like that. You can get away with doing that and recreating the image without having blackface. It's at times that a lot of black people re- um, impersonate white characters. And you don't see them fucking painting their skin white. You don't see people, black people dressed up as Superman with fucking white paint on their skin. So I'm not here for this shit. Jimmy Fallon, yes, you are motherfucking canceled. Fuck you too. You and Doja Cat are done for in my eyes. Moving on, we have two chains restaurant was shut down for the for not following COVID-19 guidelines. And I just want to say good job, Atlanta, because Atlanta has really dropped the ball with this coronavirus shit. There's no reason why y'all should be opening back up and now cases have spiked back up. Spiked back up into like the 
200,000 more cases have been out there. I just feel like 2 chains, you should be more responsible with your platform and who you are and more socially responsible. You don't have to open up your restaurant. You could do deliveries. You could do um, a window or stuff like that. You don't have to have people sitting inside. And shouts out to the Atlanta government for um, closing down his restaurant. However, y'all do need to close them damn nail salons and them barbershops because I feel like y'all targeting the black community trying to get us to go to places that you know that we gather at and corona is spreading. But yes, moving on. Ooh, child. We are going to move on to Joe Pick Me Ass Biden as he did his rounds of black media, you know, trying to secure the black vote. He went on to um, the Breakfast Club with Charmaine the Goddess, um, Angela Yee, and um, the DJ Envy or whatever. And basically, this is the point that stuck out in the interview. He had made this statement. He put his damn foot in his mouth when he said, if you have a problem choosing between me and Donald Trump, you are not black. Now, let me tell you. At first, I didn't really feel like it was a problem with him saying that. But then I had to realize who the message was coming from. Joe Biden, you are not in any way, shape, or form allowed to say or police anyone's blackness. You don't. You are not the black meter, the black meter. You have no foot and telling people on how to be black who have no standing i do feel like he's letting this damn obama run and him and obama running together get into his head to think that he is black and he has more footing where he stand because to be honest your history before obama is really anti-black with the crime bill and um uh, the um i forgot the lady name but the case with the lady and she was like um she said that she was it was a lot of sexual misconduct going on and she had tried to get this rape bill passed or some shit like that. But there's a lot of stuff going on with Joe Biden and his past before Obama that wasn't so pro-black. And I don't feel like it's cool that he's saying this. And then it's, it's really not good for his campaign that he's saying this. Because now you got black people feeling like, damn, I don't even want to fucking vote at this point. Because y'all both these are both two fucked up candidates. Like you have Trump, who is just the KKK supremacist. Um, Supermaster, he just hates everything black and just doesn't really he's not really doing anything for people in general at this moment in the corona times then you have Joe Biden who just says anything that comes to his mind and doesn't think and it's just like we, we fighting fire with fire right now and it's to the point where people don't even want to vote but I still inc and then another thing is just showing how Democrats feel like they're entitled to the black vote which is why I register as independent um, although I do vote mostly with the Democratic side because they have most of my beliefs, they feel like they are entitled to the black vote and don't even have a black agenda. Like, Joe Biden, where is your black agenda? What are you going to do for us? What do you have for us? Because at this point, I'm about to just say fucking and not vote too and let the whiteys decide. Like, you need to have a black agenda before you go on black media telling people they're not black if they don't vote for you. Like, Although I don't agree with it, there are a lot of black Republicans. There are black people, which is maybe 1% of us, that actually do like Trump. But I feel like Joe Biden, he needs to really mature and really think before he speaks. And he needs to come up with a black agenda. I feel like the only reason he won is because he's as polarizing as Trump. I feel like, honestly, they are both bad candidates to represent both parties. I feel like, to be honest, I don't know what it is. I don't know why people just don't vote for Bernie. 
because I feel like Bernie is the candidate that we needed, the candidate that has a black agenda, the candidate that really has an agenda on education, higher education for all people. But if people want to be uneducated and they want people like Joe Biden, Joe pick me ass Biden representing them, it is what it is. And unfortunately, if I do vote, I am going to vote for Joe Biden, but he needs to be more educated on the situation and things at hand. Moving on, we're going to get into a Fetty Wap wife is alleging that he is a bad husband, ding dong, and that he is neglecting her and that he is physically abusive to her. And my thing is, one, I don't support abuse and I don't like abuse of a woman, but my thing is, what do you expect, dummy? What do you expect? You got into a relationship with a man who has about freaking seven or eight kids baby mothers in every state probably babies that we don't even know about like i i lose a little of the sympathy in me for women who get with men who you know are like this like you know fetty wap is like this you know he's a rolling stone you know he got babies for days why are you putting yourself in this situation for some money for a check so deal with it because you win him and divorce his ass and take his money that he got left because he hasn't been popping since 2018. But yes, I don't support violent domestic violence or whatever. But in this case, girl, it was kind of giving you know what you signed up for and leave his ass. Or fuck up the good eye, okay? If you you feeling like, defend yourself. Get a pan, get a knife, get um some grits or something. And fuck up his good eye and blind that motherfucker permanently. Um, moving on, we gotta move on to future calling his baby mother Eliza Rain ugly and stuff like that. That's been a big topic in all the blogs and stuff like that. And I'm definitely gonna say how I feel about this. And here's how I feel: I feel like future is only calling. This is another fuck boy. This is another case of knowing what you're getting yourself into, okay? But I feel like Eliza Rain purposely got herself into this situation because she knew what the bag was. I feel like she wanted that money. She wanted that money. They was messing around. They was having sex unprotected. And apparently she wasn't that ugly that you you felt like you needed to put on a condom. Um, I definitely feel like Future has a... He's a colorist. I feel like he is only calling her ugly because she is a darker-skinned woman. If you look at his other baby mothers, they're lighter-skinned women. They aren't black. They are racially ambiguous. They, um... Some are Latin. I feel like he's only calling her ugly because she's a black woman with African-American features. She has a black nose. She has a black cheekbone. She has black ears. And I feel like he just ain't here for that, which a lot of these rappers and big celebrities aren't here for that. And we're going to talk about that a little later when we get onto some more topics that I got after this. But I feel like Future just there is a form of self-hate and a form of colorism that he just doesn't think that this woman is beautiful. If you ask me, Eliza Rain is very beautiful. Um, she has a nice body just like the rest of them. The only difference between her and the other baby mothers is that she's of a darker hue. And I feel like Future Future is just like has an appreciation for a lighter skinned woman. Like you see he's out here bowing down to Lori Harvey flying her out, buying her cars and roses and all of this. That's because he believes that lighter is better. He believes that lighter skinned women should be praised and dark skinned women should be thrown in the trash and I just feel like that is trash of him himself and I feel like she knows that she's a beautiful woman and I feel like ladies you need to stop getting involved with men like this 
that once they get a little money, they feel like they are above the black community and above black women. And I feel like you need to stop supporting men. Black women need to stop supporting men like this and stop listening to his music. Stop giving him number one albums in the country. And as he says, that he's for the streets, okay? But we're going to move on to our next topic, which is <clears throat> bullheaded ass. Jada Pinkett Smith with her problematic bullheaded ass opening up about how when she was younger she was bullied by lights by she was bullied for being light skinned by darker skinned women or girls because this is when she was younger and all I have to say to this is I'm sick of this I'm tired of this I'm tired of people going out of their way to try to villainize dark skinned people Trying to portray lighter skinned people as the victim. I'm sick of them trying to demonize darker skinned women. And this is why things like this, little things that you say like this is the reason why movies, TV shows, they portray, they portray darker skinned women as sassy and crackheads and slaves or maids or like angry all the time or the baby mama is because of things that people like Jada Pinkett says like... And it just got me so mad to the point where I had to comment on the post when I seen the post. And I was just like, stop trying to flip this shit. Stop trying to make it make it look like light-skinned people have had it so rough and have had it so hard. Because at the end of the day, light-skinned people are afforded more opportunities to, than darker-skinned people or brown-skinned people like myself. Lighter-skinned people are looked at in a place of business or in the media as more marketable. Like, y'all get pushed more. Y'all get... Thriving Hollywood careers like yourself, Jada Pinkett. And to be honest, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, I don't see a dark-skinned woman just bullying you because you're light-skinned. I lived in the hood. Like, I live in the hood now. We don't bully light-skinned people. We don't, I never even seen a light-skinned person get bullied. I've seen light-skinned kids get praised my whole life and stuff like that. So I just feel like Jada needs to sit her bullheaded, problematic ass down with this whole trying to villainize and demonize darker skinned women because it's not going to work for you we're not feeling bad for you and lately a lot of the stuff that jada pinkett has been saying on the red table talk has been bothering me and hasn't been sitting well with me for example i didn't like how she tried to flip the whole thing on snoop dogg with the whole gail king situation but moving on our last story is Trey Songs opens up about how he doesn't appreciate how his fans are responding to his baby mother and the post that he is seeing. So, if you guys don't know, Trey Song has a baby, a son. The baby is about almost one, maybe one. And a lot of people were trying to figure out who is his baby mother, where is this, like, where has this child come from? You know, he is another Rolling Stone. He's out here on tour, fucking everything, sucking everything, and doing what he's doing. He's a very sexual artist, so, you know, people... A lot of the women want to have sex with him. Um, so basically, fans found his baby mother or he posted his baby mother and the comments wasn't so nice. At first, I was like, oh, why y'all doing this to this lady? She's a lighter skinned woman, a fair skinned woman. I don't know if she's black. She look a little Spanish. She look, she look like a lot of things. She could be Chinese if you slant your head. Um, she could be Asian of some sort. She's real Karuchi-ish, but lighter. Um... And what I have to say to this is, first I was like, damn, his fans is going in. But then I had to flip it to, now, I see why some of his fans are mad. Some of his fans are mad because you have, like, a black man 
who have gained a lot of his support in his early on career from black women, from black media, from darker skinned women who have supported you, and even Chris Brown. A lot of y'all core fan base are black women who supported you guys before you guys had that mainstream media push back in the 106 and Park days, back in the um the live like stuff like that. Um I can see why they fin- the fans are mad because you are with the women who don't look like the women who have supported you since the beginning. And I agree with them. Like I don't agree with how harsh they are going, but I can see why they would be mad. Like for years they have supported you, they have put in the work, they have come to the shows, and then it's like you don't even like us or you're not even showing attention to us because you are dating these light women, white women, or in Chris Brown case, light light women, white women, and Asian women. Um, and I can attest to this. I don't have to say allegedly with the Chris Brown thing because it's shown that he likes Asian women and he likes lighter women. Um, once to give you a little background, I was at a background give you a little background of the story. I was backstage at a Chris Brown concert and he had brought some girls backstage to his room and they were all white. Basic white girls looked like they just came out the mall and two was Asian. It was not one light skinned black girl, it was not one black girl. I don't feel like a lot of these I don't know what it is with a lot of these black men that get famous, they go and it's not all. They go, they get a little successful and they forget the people who was down for them before they had the success. And they start dating these white girls, which I feel like is this is definitely a form of self-hate of not loving yourself. And I just feel like you can't complain, Trey, because these are your same fans you, that made you famous. And I feel like finally a lot of the fans are catching on to the fact that these guys that we love, that they love, aren't loving them back. And that's why um, their careers are where's at now. For example, Trey Songs, he ain't as popping as he once was because... I feel like his fans are getting smart and catching on to the fact that he doesn't like what you're giving. Like, he doesn't like who you are. They aren't dating the people that are supporting them or the type of women. You don't... I feel like the backlash against the baby mother wouldn't have been as harsh if she was a darker-skinned woman or a brown-skinned woman or a black woman who has been supporting you for years. Um... You could see the same thing that Trey is doing in Chris Brown. You could see it in Lil Wayne. Always dating these Spanish Colombian girls. You could see it in a lot of these NBA players. I don't know what it is that they just feel like they are above black women. But it is sad and it needs to stop. Um, I just wish that everybody could just get better with that. And just love each other and love themselves. But we're going to move on. So we are at one of the last segments of my show. Which I do every week. Which is... um. I do MVP of the week and weirdo of the week, which is we just award somebody for doing great. And then we um, shine a light on somebody for doing bad. Um, I'm going to start off with weirdo of the week. And this week's weirdo of the week is going to go to Miss Amy Cooper of Central Park in New York. If you guys haven't seen Amy Cooper, Amy Cooper was walking her dog if you don't know the situation she was walking her dog in central park off the leash a black gentleman asked her nicely can you put your dog on the leash and what this karen did with this little scared white woman who was scared for no reason did she called the cops on this black man told them that he was threatening her he was raising his voice at her and he commanded her to put her dog on the leash um this guy in no way threatened her and she basically weaponized her whiteness against him and i just can't get down with that um I definitely feel like it, she she lost her job, which I feel like she needed to. Um, 
and she's being publicly humiliated. But I feel like more needs to happen. I feel like they need to come up with a law that when you call the police for something that is not factual or you're abusing the power of calling the police, you should be recommended for that. You should get a ticket. It should be a fine you should pay or jail time for that. Because I definitely feel like a lot of these white women across the country are weaponizing their whiteness against black men, black women. And it's just sad. And it's a sad case. Um... Amy Cooper, you are a weirdo of the motherfucking week, okay? You may be the weirdest motherfucker ever that I ever talked about. You have surpassed little Boosie. You have surpassed all these other weird motherfuckers. Um, also, I'm going to definitely put Doja Cat in weirdo of the week because the self-hate within you is horrible. It is disgusting. It is seeping out of your pores. I'm also going to put Jimmy Fallon in weirdo of the week because you are too damn motherfucking old. To not know about blackface. And speaking about age. Let me just go back to the Doja Cat thing. I see a lot of people making excuses for Doja Cat. Because she's 24 or 23. We are the same motherfucking age. And you do not see me in tiny chats. With racist people. Talking about my own people. Okay. And let's say this. I'm. She's not black. I'm going to police her blackness. She's not black. She, she is black by DNA. But she has not lived a black experience. She's grew up with white people. She identifies as a white person. So, therefore, she is white. And welcome to the Widow of the Week, Doja Cat. And Amy Cooper and Jimmy Fallon. And you could all go to a KKK convention and burn in hell. Um, also, I want to give Widow of the Week to that officer who had put his neck, his um knee on that man's neck. With all that excessive force going on because you did not have to do that. For eight minutes, he put his knee on a black man's neck, which is excessive force, which is just un unacceptable. And it was shown that he was a white supremacist. He had a MAGA hat on and stuff like that. I do feel like the police departments need to do better background checks and don't allow anybody to just become a police officer. I feel like we live in times where people become police officers just to abuse that power. And... That's that on that. I'm sick of that shit. I'm going to talk more about this on a later episode. Um, We're going to move on to MVP of the week, guys. And I'm going to give MVP of the week this week. Even though it seems like a lot of dark times and a lot of shit going on. I'm going to give two MVP of the weeks. I'm going to give one MVP of the week to Miss Azalea Banks for calling out. Not for the Dave Chappelle shit, but for calling out. A lot of the fuckery that is going on with how the media treats darker skinned women opposed to lighter skinned women. Just for finally being, saying some smart shit. Saying some educated shit and backing it up with facts for calling out Ebro and calling out the media for trying to protect Doja Cat. Shout out to you Azalea Banks for finally speaking the truth and saying some shit that actually makes you look smart. So shout out to Azalea Banks and she's one of the MVP of the weeks. I'm definitely going to give my other MVP of the week to Tiana Taylor for putting out two dope-ass songs with two dope-ass visuals in a time like this where it's hard to produce. Shout-out shout to Tiana Taylor for putting the spotlight on the 2020 graduates because, as you know, a lot of them can't... All of them couldn't have graduation ceremonies because of the COVID-19. So, shout-out to Tiana Taylor for putting the spotlight on them, starting this challenge where people are just... um. Getting dressed in their cap and gowns and still showing that they did it. So, shout out to Tiana Taylor for being a good-ass human being and a popping-ass artist. Make sure you guys go stream Bear With Me 
and made it those are the two songs that she put out and woo, okay that is all i have for you guys this week that is it for my podcast make sure you guys listen to us we are on spotify we are on apple music we are on soundcloud we are on anywhere google play we are on anywhere that you can listen to a podcast guys make sure you guys follow me on instagram at underscore rashamel that is underscore r-a-s-h-a m-e-l make sure you guys go and cop that rose gold attire guys i can send you the link i'm gonna put the link up in my bio and just thank you guys for always listening to my show thank you guys for rocking with me we are 27 episodes strong guys i'm almost up to 30 episodes i can't believe it i just want to say i thank every person that listens to my podcast that supports me whether you're in new york or not whether you're down south i've seen i have a lot of supporters in north carolina and i just want to say thank you to you guys for supporting my podcast make sure you guys follow me make sure you guys follow my youtube channel i'm about to stop up start uploading you um visual visuals and stuff like that the link will be in the bio to wherever you are listening to my podcast and i just want to say thank you i love you and we are out you heard make sure you love yourself